focus, focus up. I'm talking to you, Randy, out in Canada. Thanks for being a great friend, and I love having conversations with you all the way out in Canada. I still do not like poutine, though. Today on The Rubio Method, this is episode 25. My name is Chris Rubio. We've got Nicholas Monahan waiting in the rafters. We have a phenomenal show for you today. Thanks beforehand for watching on YouTube, Spotify, Google, Amazon, therubiomethod.com, whichever way you like. And remember, if you have any questions, email rubio at therubiomethod.com. Here's what we're covering today. The goods and bads of our past jobs. Rekindling romance in your relationship. Advice for new business owners. What would we do if we knew we were gonna die? Oh, that's a little morbid. Time travel versus lots of money. Roller coasters, one of the greatest movies ever, Roadhouse, being better than your kids and finding out what you are truly capable of. All of that and much, much more on The Rubio Method. Christian, I'm out. Focus, focus up. I'm talking to you, beef jerky. Yes, you asked for the shout out and you shall get it. Here's one of the greatest days, or not days, but let's go minutes. Even though Monahan, you have been going a little bit longer, but they have been fantastic. Minute with Monahan, go. All right, fellas, we're going to today talk about spice things up, getting a little tender with our ladies. Uh, as we grow older, sometimes that gets a little bit more difficult and sometimes we need to hear it. So we're going to talk about three ways to kind of rekindle the romance in your relationship. Number one, like I said, get a little tender, my baby. It's okay, right? So show some tenderness to each other and let it rain, all right? So go ahead and don't be afraid to kind of let loose a little bit. Uh, number two is get cooking in the kitchen. Uh, I feel like if you have some fun in the kitchen, try a new recipe, you guys do something together, that is always so helpful. Plus, you can always sneak a little romance in there while you're at it. And number three, and last but not least, Set aside a time for a stroll at night. Guys, we are always on our phones. We're watching TV. We're doing something. And when you're on a walk, it's just you and your lady. Perhaps it could be your family as well. But go on a stroll. Go on a walk. Get some time to talk to each other. And that will, I promise you, give you a chance to reconnect after a long day or a long week. Okay, Monahan, I've got two questions for you. Number three, I understand the stroll. Let's go in reverse order. Number two, what if you can't cook? Does ordering food count? Yeah, I feel like, yeah. I feel like if you guys go together, order food, uh, take some time to just spend time with each other and get a common mission, I feel like that that is perfect. Okay, now, Monahan, the, 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 going back to number one, the whole try a little tenderness, I'll be the obvious question. You're like, what do you mean? Are you talking like smooches, kisses, rubbing on the earlobes, massages? What are we talking to, Daddy? Yes, actually, that's exactly it, man. Go ahead and give your lady a nice little smooch, like a nice little kiss. Maybe massage the shoulder, massage the feet. Hey, see where the night takes you. <laughs> but that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I feel like as men, we get kind of like so locked in in our daily lives and locked in on what we're doing that we forget and neglect to take some time to kind of let that tough exterior down and go ahead and be a little lovey-dovey with your wife. Hey, we're going to move on, but Monahan, what the hell are you massaging like this? <laughs> Get in there. You got to work it a little, Daddy. T-Rex was, was like massaging a Barbie doll. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Monahan, give me your email questions. What do you got for me? 
All right, here we go. I've got some questions. The first one is, what are things you miss the least and the most from your past job? This is from Julian in St. Louis Mo. There you go, 314, how are you? Um, I'll start this party. I The thing that I miss the most, it sounds crazy, but my first ever job in high school was at a BD's Mongolian Grill, which was like the, like, restaurant like where they do that and cook it in front of you i miss all those people they were all my really good friends in high school we were all young dumb and silly heads and so (laughs) i I definitely miss that so um that's one thing i miss the most is the great times there the thing that i miss the least uh probably in my last job i worked for a marketing agency and it was just an absolute gong show and like i just couldn't stand it the clients that we brought in were just like super obnoxious, super annoying. Um, and we literally would take them as long as they had a pulse and a checkbook. So <laughs> I couldn't stand that. What about you, Rubio? Uh, my past job of being a teacher, the thing that I miss the most, definitely the kids interacting with them because I was a history teacher. So basically I was just telling stories every single day. You know, I was like basically recapping a movie and just had to get them to memorize the movie. So I love doing that. And they, they basically had to pay attention. So it was great for me and my ego. Uh, and the, the thing that I hate, missed the least were the meetings. I, I, I don't find many people that enjoy meetings, but I, I thought it was very, very just monotonous and boring and stupid. And I remember we used to go to these all staff meetings and they would hand out the packet of what we were going to talk about and they would read it to you. I'm like, why are you reading this to me? I'm obviously a teacher. I can read, yet you're reading something to me. So the meetings were the worst. The kids were the best. Next question, Monahan. That is great. Yeah, I actually was a special ed para for a while with behavioral. So I just feel like in schools, they have meetings about meetings for meetings. I can't stand it. Exactly. Um, Next question. Okay, this comes from Bill in Alberta. Thanks for coming. How are you? Love Alberta. Um, you both have started your own businesses. So I have to know, do you have any advice for someone starting out? Rubio, go for it. Number one, you, you can make as much as you want. And number two, you will never truly have a day off because if you do have a day off, that means your mind turned off and that means someone else is making money where you can make money. And number three, no one will ever love your business as much as you do. That's that's the absolute God's honest truth. Um, I have one bit of advice. Well, I usually have a ton, but for this one, I'll just stick to one is get a mentor, someone who's been there, done that, bought the T-shirt and, and allow them to pour into you because it is a lonely, lonely world having your own business. So if you have a mentor that will help you out who's already been there, that is super helpful. That's my piece of advice. Last question. This comes from Jonathan in Vancouver. Washington, not a lot of people know there's one in Canada and in America. Um, it says, what would you do if you found out you had one month left to live? Ruby, I mentioned this earlier. This is morbid, and I agree it is quite morbid, but I'll answer that. Um, I would take my motorcycle, and I would just point it out east because we're in Colorado. I'm already west, and I would just let it rip. I'd ride for days on that thing. And then I'd probably come back, spend the last week with my family, but I would just spend so much time on my motorcycle. What about you, Rubio? Um, th- I think I've spoken about this before. I-, I have dreams about this a lot where someone's picking me up and driving me to my funeral and I don't find out until we're about 100 yards away. Um, so what I would do, I would make sure that I visited all my friends and family that I wanted to talk to. and just gave them a peace out, a big hug. And then if I had some extra time after that, 
because I know everyone would probably be clamoring for my attention, of course. Um, I'd probably go to Italy or some, or some place that I really want to go. All right, those are great, great email questions. Remember, you can email Rubio at therubiomethod.com. Thanks for watching on Spotify, Google, Amazon, YouTube, and therubiomethod.com. That wraps segment two. Now we got the interview segment, and then, of course, the bottom line. Christian, I'm out. What do you think you're doing, Kevin? I uh, was just gonna drive home. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, there are several warning signs present that you shouldn't be driving. Like hearing voices? Like your text to emoji ratio? Oh man, the selfies. <laughs> Selfie nailed it. We all have warning signs that let us know that we're probably not okay to drive. Mine is pretending to be your subconscious. Craig, come on man, let's put a ride home. Focus, focus up. I'm talking to you, Sheila Willis. I will try your poutine. For some reason, all the Canadians are yelling at me now about this poutine. I will try yours because it has a certain type of bacon in it. But thanks for watching on the Rubio Method. This is episode 25. My name is Chris Rubio. Thanks for watching on YouTube, Spotify, Amazon, Google, therubiomethod.com. Whichever one you want, make sure you subscribe. Keep making great reviews and all that. Like I said, I like to watch it on YouTube simply because I want to see Monahan's laughing and facial expressions. We have a phenomenal guest, Charles Wallace. Welcome, my man. Rubio, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I've got three characteristics of you, not characteristics, this is your bio, we'll say. One of them I do not understand at all, and I'm, we're just going to go kind of buy it. He's the podcast host of The Bare Essentials. It's also on the NGBN.TV network, and it's phenomenal. He's the associate director of IQVIA. I tried to look what that was up, and I even went on the website, and I it's something about stats and numbers and logarithms and algorithms, so I'm not even going to ask. I just know it's something above my pay grade. It's something that you can do, and I can't, and I don't, I don't even want to know what's happening there. Um, and last, he is on, quote, a journey to be the best version of himself and wants to ensure others don't travel alone. Charles, like I said, thank you. Are you ready for your first three warm-up questions? I'm ready. Let's go, Rubio. All right, here we go. Number one, do you like roller coasters? I used to love roller coasters, and now that I'm in my 50s, I was told that I really can't do them now because I guess the the uh, fluid in our ears starts to harden and it makes us more dizzy as we get Is older. Is that a real thing? Is that a real thing? Because someone else was telling me about that and I thought that was just maybe just pandering to the old people like you're just old. Don't worry about it. No, there's this ear thing. Yeah, definitely is because I loved roller coasters and would do all kinds of roller coasters. I, I can't anymore. I get it. It just my equilibrium is off from it. Okay, so I'm going to use that excuse instead of the excuse of when you like pull the thing over because I'm such a barrel chest that it kind of mm -hmm. stops. And I'm like, I don't know if I heard the click or not. We're going to die. Right. So I'm just going to say it's the ear fluid issue. Okay, that's good. Number two, you and I are coming to a door. You see two doors. There's a blue door and a red door. The blue door is you can go back 20 years of your life. Boom, just like that. The red door is you get $20 million. Which door are you taking? Ah. Uh. I'm going to take the 20 million. Ooh, really? Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you why, because I'm at a point in my life now where I'm feeling like I've made progress and I'm continuing to progress. And I feel like that 20 million, I can set my family up when I'm gone. 
What if I, what, let me throw a monkey wrench in here. What if I said blue door 20 years back, but you know exactly what you know now? I'd still do the 20 million. Really? All right. Okay. Just because of the, just because of the family thing, honestly. I got you. I got you. Number Mm -hmm. three, you told me that your favorite movie is Roadhouse. If you are in that epic film, which character are you? Are you Dalton the bouncer? Doc, the smoke show doctor, Wade Garrett, the seasoned bouncer, or Brad Wesley, the business tycoon slash bully? I am Dalton all the way, Rubio. Undersized and people underestimate me, and that is who I would be. <laughs> okay, okay same, same question. If I'm in the movie, who am I? Oh, I think you're uh, – you're, um, God, the Sam Shepard character. What, hold on. Uh, Wade Garrett. Wade Garrett, you're Wade Garrett. See, I think I would be him as well. That's that's very weird that we both agree on that. That's okay. That's good. That and by the way, that is a classic movie. Um, Love that movie, Charles. I have known you for just under a year, and you appear to be a very, very organized and routine type of guy. Am I right, number one? And do you have advice for others that need help in that direction? Um, I have to work extremely hard to appear organized. I am not as organized behind the scenes as I think I need to be. And I think I do a really good job of projecting that I'm more organized than I am, honestly. Like, as an example, I literally today woke up and on a paper towel, I had my agenda written down for today because I couldn't find any paper last night. But does that but does that work for you? It does. It's, it's like... I think because I was so unorganized as I was in my younger years and for work, I think I figured out a way to kind of be organized in the chaos. And it, it did, it worked for me really well for a lot of years, but I do notice now that I'm getting older, I don't think my memory is as good as it used to be. So I've been working really hard to, to get more organized, truly organized. Yeah, I think the memory thing is one of those, I, this excuse that I give myself, because my memory is sometimes it flows in and out. I always say, I don't think it's my memory. It's just that I'm, I'm getting so much more new information that is just overflowing. So I'm going to use mm-hmm. that excuse like the inner ear fluid thing. Yeah. Charles, you turned 51, you just turned 51, and are on a completely different path of life than you were less than five years ago. What happened? And tell us a bit about your journey. So, man, it's it's kind of when I think back about it, I just I'll be honest, I, I still kick myself. I still kick myself for not changing sooner. Um, I'm proud where I am now. You know, I'm proud of where I'm what I'm doing, where I'm going. But, you know, in a weird way, I still look back and I have regret of not doing it sooner. Um, but. You know, I've, I've said this a few times to people that I don't know for me, man, it's like I kind of need that regret and I need to be able to look back. And I, I think I referred to it as like my baggage of shame kind of keeps me honest. You know, when I look in the mirror now, I still see that guy from five years ago. And I think I'm always going to see that guy because if I if I stop seeing that guy, I think I end up being that guy again. Tell them, tell them who that guy was. Tell them what the change was, because I know what the change was, but all the audience will not. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I was definitely way, way overweight. I'm, I'm not a tall guy at all. I'm 5'5", five five, but I was 267 pounds 
I was on heart medications and I was, I was literally on a path to, I, I don't know my path where it was going. I don't think I had a lot of, a lot of time. I'll be honest with you. Cause I, I would go through phases at night where laying in bed, I would experience, you know, chest pains and, you know, weird fluttering with my heart. And, you know, I would, I, I honestly didn't care. I just kind of like roll the dice. Let's see if I wake mm-hmm. up the next day, you know? And then, and then unfortunately the part I regret is when I would wake up the next day, I would take that as a sign that I was, Oh, cool. I, I live now. I can do the same self-destructive behavior for another day. Um, it, it, it was kind of, I don't think I had that one moment that kind of was the epiphany, so to speak, mm-hmm. to get me, it was a lot of things that added up, but I will share with the audience. I think the one thing that if close to an epiphany as it, as I could get was when a doctor, a cardiologist asked me if I had eight friends. And when I said, yeah, why? He said, you're going to make a heavy casket. And oh. yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So, so that was kind of, you know, I mean, I was, was because I, I was ultimately starting to try to be better, you know? Um, so it, it helped, it helped keep me, you know, moving towards forward in that direction. So this doctor, very Rubio, uh, comment of him of, Hey, you got eight friends because you're going to be heavy casket. I mean, that's a bottom line. If I ever heard one, Jesus, that's even rough around the edges for me. Um, so he drops this bomb on you and it, was it like, okay, so he said, Wednesday, Thursday morning, you wake up and all of a sudden the Rocky theme songs playing in your bedroom or, or did, did was it a slow process? How did you get moving? So the funny part of this story is I had started one morning. I had dropped my daughters off at school and I had had one of those nights that I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't sit here and say it was like, boom, I had a tiger was playing. I was ready. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, Rocky. But I started to say, you know what? I like I, I probably should do something. It was a little. Mm-hmm something in me that said you should start to do something. So I started, you know, trying to eat a little better here and there. And I made the appointment, which was a big step with the cardiologist. At the same time, I talked to a friend of mine who was a trainer. He said, come on over, see him, you know? So I did that. And I had just started to kind of work out a little bit prior to seeing the cardiologist. So I had already started a few days prior. Um, but Rubio, and this is a funny part of the story that I think you'll like, and I can't say I recommend this to people, but they put a heart monitor. They wanted me to wear a heart monitor. Okay, I'll wear a heart monitor. Uh, nobody told me though that I shouldn't. So now picture the Rocky music starting to play because I'll say this, as bad as I was, I still, when I was younger, I had a mindset that I was, I would, when I start something, I'm going to push and push okay. hard, right? So I guess not a good idea, though. I'm wearing this heart monitor, and I was pushing really hard. And I got a phone call that they thought something was wrong with me because the heart monitor was showing, like, 182 beats per minute on my heart. I said, oh, yeah, that's when I was working out. And they kind of said, well, doctor meant, like, maybe jog, slow walking, you know, not like this. You know, what are you, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I, I thought you meant to jump yeah. right into it, you know? <laughs> You have you mentioned you have three girls and one son. He's 24 years old and an MMA badass. How much of your current training is done simply to show him you are still the boss? Man, I'll say, uh, you know what? I so I boxed growing up 
and I'm pretty good with holding mitts and that kind of stuff. My dad and uncles, we were where we grew up. It was kind of a rough part of town. So it, you know, it wasn't unusual to walk home on a Friday night and you had a, a, a scuffle, right? So we, my dad, my uncles, we were all, I'll say well-versed back in the time and what was considered combat sports back in the day. Right. But so, so we, we definitely had a lot of uh, that stuff. My brother and I, you know, cause where we lived, we were basically on the border of two rival neighborhoods. Is this in Philly? Yeah, it was in Philly. And, the park around the corner was kind of no man's land. So we would walk home at night, my brother and I, and the other people from the other neighborhood would kind of be waiting there for us. So, yeah, we had it. We had a few run-ins, but, you know, I, you know, we learned how to box and martial arts. So for my son, you know, holding mitts and stuff like that was always something we did. So I was able to help a lot. And, you know, it got to the point, though, where he's definitely surpassed me by a lot because he wrestled in high school and college um yeah i don't, you, you don't i'll admit you don't, you don't ever get in a fight with a wrestler that that's just a public service announcement for anyone that's watching that, that they're they're the dirtiest fighters they know the dirtiest moves and someone like yourself who's like five 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 six and th thick and strong my god you would be an absolute nightmare it'd be like fighting a fire hydrant you, you can't get below you you know all these dirty moves yeah that, that you just you and your family would be an absolute i would stay out of that park yeah, so he's definitely surpassed me, but I, I'm super proud of the progress he's made. And it's, it's, I'm not going to lie, you know, my wife handles him fighting in a cage way better than I do. I'm a wreck when it's going yeah. on, but she's, she's like, yeah, you know, like she's all in and I'm not. I'm like, Ugh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. It's, it's tough. But, but yeah, so it's, it's interesting. One of the things, Charles, that you push and truly exemplify is, quote, that we are all capable of more. What would you tell a middle-aged man who is stagnant and told you they simply, quote, aren't capable of more? I would tell them that they've already, they have a preconceived limiting belief that I used to share until I found out that it wasn't true. And I found out the hard way by by going to the point where I thought I was at the point of no return, but then I returned. That's, that's what I would say to them. Yeah. And that preconceived notion, it all, it goes back to what we talk about a lot where dudes tend to overthink themselves where, Oh, I just, this is it. This is what I can do. And it's like, someone has to tell you whether, you know, it's on the Rubio method or the bear essentials podcast. No, 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 man, you can do it. You just, you, you need to learn how to do it and that you do have the capability of it. You know, it's one yeah. of those things. Yeah. And you know what else I'd say to them, Rubio? And I, I think you're, you do this a lot too with people you're helping and training and things too, is like, just keep challenging yourself because every time you challenge yourself, you start to eliminate just a little bit more of that limiting belief. You know, like for me now, I have a goal. I'm 51. Obviously I work out now a lot. And one of the things I really enjoy is weight training. So my goal is I want to be able to deadlift 500 pounds. And I, um, I've maxed out now uh, just a couple weeks ago, actually, at 460 pounds of a deadlift. And my goal is to do that 500 pounds by the end of the year, you know. And I think, again, that just proves to me that that guy that I still see in the mirror, he was capable of more. So I've already I've already 
disproven that limited belief that I had about myself. That's awesome. That is absolutely awesome. Charles, how has the NGBN network helped you and how can it help others? Man, I think the biggest thing that's helped me is that I've, for me personally, I've gotten to meet people like yourself, Ian Hill, Chris Fontana, Ben Smith, you know, Chris Bentley, guys like that. Um, because I think everybody brings is something different. Mm -hmm. And I notice strong suits of people that I start to now look at and say, you know what, maybe I could add a little more of that element into my, into my life, you know? Um, and that's how it's helped me from a personal perspective. I think from the podcast perspective, you know, when I started my podcast, I didn't expect, I, I, you know, I thought my mom might be the one to watch, right? Maybe my <laughs> kids, but you know, I think being involved with NGBN, it's given me a bit of a platform now that I wasn't anticipating having. And it's, it's, you know, the goal is always going to be to try to help others, but in a, in a way having this platform, it, it has made the podcast way more than I ever dreamed it could be. Yeah. And it, it, like we talked about before, it opens it up to so many different types of people where some people will watch the Rubio method one time and go, I hate that guy. He's terrible. I mean, they've obviously got problems for thinking that, but then they would go to the bare essentials podcast and go, Oh dude, Charles Walsh. I love this guy. Or they, you know, Chris Bentley or Ben Simmons or Chris Fontana. And I think that's like we've spoken about before is the great, I mean, there's a lot of great things about NGBN, but that's one of the great things is that there's so many varieties within it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Charles, where can people find out more information on you and the Bear Essentials podcast? So mainly NGBN, um, like you, Rubio, though, it's all, I, you know, I, I mean, when I started it, I was just, you know, I love learning. So I was super proud when I figured out how to get it to show up on Apple, Spotify, <laughs> Amazon. Um, I used to love early on. I would, uh, I would literally go and say, uh, Alexa, play the next episode of the Bear Essentials podcast. And when it would work, <laughs> I would be like, oh, my God, I, I'm big time now. Right. Yeah. Um, so everywhere where podcasts can be found, um, you know, I NGBN mainly, I think I, is a lot where most people watch. But I have noticed that um, Spotify seems to be a big spot for me. And um, I, I found out apparently that the Bear Essentials is, is in the top. 10% most shared globally, which don't ask me how the hell that happens, Rubio, but well, that's awesome. I somehow, some way it's happening. So apparently I have a lot of people overseas in Europe that enjoy the bare essentials. Who would figure it out? Fantastic. Charles Wallace, thank you very, very, for, for very good. I can't talk. Thank you very <laughs> much for your time. I do really appreciate it. Make sure everyone checks out NGBN.TV network and obviously the bare essentials podcast. Christian. I'm out. What do you think you're doing, Kevin? I uh, was just going to drive home. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, there are several warning signs present that you shouldn't be driving. Like hearing voices? Like your text to emoji ratio? Oh man, the selfies. <laughs> selfies nailed it. We all have warning signs that let us know that we're probably not okay to drive. Mine is pretending to be your subconscious. Craig, come on man, let's put a ride home. Focus. Focus up.
I'm talking to you, Samantha, all the way out in Wisconsin. Hope everything is going well with your family out there. Big hugs all the way from Idaho. Thanks for watching on NGBN.TV, YouTube, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and of course, the RubioMethod.com. We're back with episode 25, and we're here with the final segment, which is the bottom line. Remember, the bottom line is all the information that you should have learned without even realizing you learned it. Number one, embrace the good and bad from everything, but make sure you learn from both. This goes back to when Monahan and I were talking about our past jobs. What was the good? What was the bad? The, the best things about the good is obviously they're good. They're great. No duh. Wonderful. The best things about the bad is you have to learn from them. If you go to meetings and you hate meetings and then you own a co company and have more meetings, well, then you're an idiot. You need to move on from that point. Number two, Keep the fire burning and make it hot. Just like what Monhan was telling you, he gave you three things, a little tenderness, kind of went a little detail on that, cooking, and the last thing was a little stroll. But if you can't cook, remember you can order something. So keep, a fi keep the fire and make it hot. And number three, once you make up your mind to do something, put your head down and go full speed ahead. That is exactly what Charles Wallace talked about. No, he did not have the Rocky theme song playing in his bedroom the next morning, but it was one of those. It took his doctor to tell him, hey, man, you got eight friends because you're going to be a heavy casket. And from that point on, he went full speed ahead. And now he's a, we'll say a pinnacle of health. He's totally revamped his life and he's doing great, great things. Well, that's a wrap on episode 25. Really thank you guys for watching. Make sure you keep spreading the word about the Rubio method. Christian. I'm out.